On this edition of the Abrams Boxing Show, I was fortunate to be a guest on In the Ring with Kings with promoter Marshall Kaufman and Dr. Andrew Foy. The special guest was longtime promoter Lou DiBella. We discussed the top-ranked series, putting on boxing through the pandemic, and the much-talked-about Katie Taylor-Amanda Serrano showdown. So enjoy this conversation with the always colorful Lou DiBella. Remember correctly. I was at that fight. I was at that fight. Lou, we were just talking about the Sparrow and uh, Nova fight tonight and what the thoughts were on that. Uh, What are your thoughts on it? Thanks for joining us, Lou. My pleasure. I mean, if Sparrow's in the right shape, and by the way, it's the first time he's made weight forever, so I'm guessing that maybe he is. Maybe he used used this pandemic to work out at home and stay in shape. Um, I think he can give Nova a fight. I mean, Nova's got some power. He's younger. He's a little bit of explosive. Um, I think he's a justifiable favorite, but I I think it's going to be a fight. Nova's been on the canvas a few times as well. Uh, I don't see. I, don't I think, think Sparrow being able to. You think Sparrow can can really take advantage of that? I never really thought of Avery as a puncher. No, but I was shocked that he put Lundy down too. You know, didn't he drop Lundy like three times in that fight? True. So Twice. maybe you, know, you never know. You're right. Yeah. You know, just like like we said, we never know. Uh, but hey, Lou, it's, it's great having you on, Mark. I know you want to, you know, say something with Lou and uh, so on. And and Lou, this is Andrew Foy. My partner, uh, you can finally get to meet him. So we we, uh, we really appreciate you joining us, Lou. No, it's good to be with you guys. Now, I mean, I, well, you, well, we, we, hey, Lou, how you doing? Thank you, you thank, doing, thank you for the retweets last night on, on the on the interviews with uh, Sonny Fredrickson. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, Sonny's so, a nice kid. I actually think that's going to be a competitive fight too. Fight. Yeah, who is Sonny? I saw something. Sonny's fighting someone Alex on the Salce- top of the card. Alex Salcedo. Oh, okay. Sonny's always a live dog, too. I think he's a very live dog. And, and look, Salcedo makes great fights. I'm a fan, but he gets hit with everything. So I expect that to be a really exciting fight. I've never seen either one of those guys in a bad fight, so I'm expecting it to be a pretty good fight. In fact, when I was talking to Sonny last night, you know, I – I've asked him, how many times has your trainer probably yelled at you to, to use your distance, use your length? And he, he's, like you said, he's always in, he's, you know, he can't help himself sometimes than to mix it up. No, and you know what? I, I, I hate to discourage guys from mixing it up, but he has to use his length and his jab more. At his weight, his advantages are his length and his jab. His instincts all tell him to go to war, which, by the way, for a guy like me, I love that. But But it's not probably the best career move for Sonny Fredrickson. So if he's going to win the fight with Saucedo, he's got to go in and out, and he's got to use his length heavily. You know what? Mix it up now and then. Get in get in the pocket and do some damage if you can. But he, he's got to use the jab and stay out. If he does, I think he can win. We were talking before you came on about um, – and I know you would have, obviously you got Sonny fighting on Tuesday and you had NFL Vicente fight last week. About what were your thoughts about you know the cards in general? And you probably know more, being that you had a fighter on the cards, how everything's going out there in Vegas. You know, it, it's been trying for those guys. I actually think the old man's having fun. I talked to Aram. He's like a pig in shit. He's like <laughs> – He's like, this is a weird world. The bubble, it's wild. This is wild. <laughs> but, but it's driving it's driving the rest of them crazy. And frankly, it's exactly what I expected, guys. I, I said, I've been saying through the length of this thing, when we get back, we're not getting back to any sense of normalcy for a long, long time. 
And right in the beginning, all the bullshit, and a lot of it came out of Eddie and some other, some writers who were less than smart, who were out there saying, um, you know, oh, when we get through this pandemic, you're going to get only the biggest and the best fights. And I was like, bullshit. When, you know, when, when, when you first start getting back to television, the testing is expensive as, as shit. It's insanely expensive, the testing. You see what's happening. They got a bubble going in, in Vegas, and they're still losing fights. Look what's happening in, in other sports right now when Philadelphia Phillies are testing positive for COVID. NFL players are testing positive. College athletes. It, oh. it, it's not perfect science. And when you, when you stand the risk of losing a fight, right, you're not going to – you don't want to lose the fight. You don't want to lose the fight with a superstar and have spent all the money to lead up to a fight like that. And, and by the way, when you're on TV uh, with no audience, a star fighter against um, a guy that poses no competition is just terrible television. I had no interest in the Shakur Stevenson fight. It was trash. And the opponent just was like barely could fight. And honestly, I'd rather give me two B minus guys matched well. And I gotta say, you guys know this. Like, if you're looking at a strength of top rank, you know, other than other than the fact that Aram's a friggin' 88 year old warhorse that's been doing it for 50 years, the strength of top rank is their matchmaking. And I'd rather see a B minus fighter and a B minus fighter evenly matched go to war than see an A fighter and a C minus fighter and completely horrendous TV. And if and and honestly, all of sports right now, I watched the, a German soccer league game last weekend, the Bundesliga, and, and it was so hard for me to watch without a crowd and without the normal soccer reality. It just was difficult. And, and, and you know, right now, I think we're getting what you can anticipate. And, and you know what? It's easy for everyone to criticize top rank or point out the shitty ratings, and they have, frankly, not been great. Um, they have been better than the non-live programming ESPN is putting up. So as, as much as they haven't been great, they still have been better than no live sports for ESPN. Um, but I'm not willing to criticize top rank when I'm not doing a show and you're not doing, we can't even do shows. So they're out there where they can do a show in a bubble and they're at least taking the risk and making the effort to get boxing back to some extent. So I'm completely unwilling to criticize them. You think the fact that they, there's been a you know a couple upsets in the the fight the other night with Maloney and uh, I guess uh, uh, I forgot the other upset that came in the, the show before, you know it's it's kind of like you said the matchmaking. Uh, talk about that, you know, in terms of yeah, you know, it hasn't been all Cowboys and Indians as we like to say. No, and you know what? Too some of the six round fights that they've done, like. Maybe to some extent they're a WC or who cares because you don't really know the guys. But, like, I enjoyed the fight. That kid Kaminsky that that uh, yeah. Vegas clean uh, managed, um, they had him in there with that MMA kid. I forgot the kid's na- name now right Clay, now. Clay uh, Collar. I love yeah. that. I love Cash that kid. Clay. <laughs> I love that kid. I, I, call, I, I, I reached out to that kid just to tell that kid how much I love him. I love that kid because anybody who t- gets 120% out of himself and can take out three frauds who are undefeated, bang, bang, bang in a row, that's a real fighter. Like, I, I'd rather see – see, that's an example. I'd rather see that kid well-matched than Shakur unless he's fighting a risk fight. That's right. That's right. I, 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 I saw – uh, I was mentioning to Andrew before you came on. I saw an article last week, and tell me what your thoughts on this. Said uh, Bob said that he, he if, if in September he's able to put – 
you know, a couple thousand people in one of those bigger arenas out there. He's going to try to do the Lomachenko-Tiafimo uh, fight, maybe jack up the prices. I think he said uh, he was going to give everyone programs and, you know, all the paraphernalia that comes with it to kind of make it justify the high ticket prices. What do you think of that? I think it's I, – I see no reason not to think in a manner that's hopeful. I, I don't see any reason not to be optimistic about what you, you might try to do. But right now we're like this freaking thing is a mess. And and uh, I, I don't know where we're going to be. You know, he's got to, if he's going to do that in September, he's got to be able to go out with that 60 days in advance. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're going to do that in September, you pretty much got to be out there in a month. Like by July, is it going to be clear that we can open up to an audience in an arena in September? I'm not sure of that. And who knows where these covid numbers are going in the next you know several weeks? I mean, we saw a lot of fucked up behavior by a lot of fucked up people over the course of recent months. Florida is making a fucking case for itself to be, you know, like, you know, a a capital of stupidity. Mm -hmm. But look at what's now happening, you know, and and, you know, the areas that opened up freely where you you had people overcrowding beaches and and public places are now seeing these giant spikes. So I, I don't know where we're going to be by September. And also, they're sitting here talking about, we're not even through the first wave, and they're saying it's going to get there's going to be a second wave somewhere in the fall. So you know what? i got to be honest. I don't expect anything to be normal until we have a vaccine that's readily available. And I think we're looking at a remainder of the year that is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm anticipating. And I want to be, you know, I got a lot of fighters and you get phone calls and, and, you know, people are like, okay, well, there's fights going on now. So we're back to boxing. And I'm like, no, you're not, you know, you're really not because I can't do a show in New York. I can't, no one can do a show in New Jersey. No one can do a show in Pennsylvania. Most of the country, you can't do a show where you can do a show. You can't sell a ticket. And therefore this is still a force majeure because if I can't earn money, I can't do a show. I can't do an off television show. And I just had a conversation with my friends at UFC Fight Pass, and they would be happy to honor the commitments they made to me on the fight dates that they were giving me. But but guess what? With no gate or live gate sponsorship, with no ability to do anything but 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 the stream and having to pay the cost of production, and I'm not going to do like I'm not going to be irresponsible and do some club show where I do where you know in some jurisdiction that lets me do an eye test and an AIDS test. I mean, right now, if you're not doing COVID testing, you're being irresponsible, in my view. So the cost of that is prohibitive. So there's no chance of doing a show right now on a UFC Fight Pass budget. There's no chance of me doing a show right now on a Showbox budget, honestly. So it really is wiping out the grassroots club level, not only the grassroots club level, but but smaller license fee television is simply not... um, of it, 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 the business model doesn't work right now. You, you, right now, I, I you heard, need. I, I heard Lou that Aram's paying close to twenty thousand dollars per show just for the COVID nineteen testing. Yeah, and, and I've had conversations with people at Showtime and Viacom, and when when they're going to come back, their estimates of what the testing is going to cost them is even higher. So you know, it, it, you know when when. Networks do budgets. A Showtime budget budgets a certain amount for production, a certain amount for license fee. They're not going to double their license fees to do a show. Therefore, the shows become almost completely not viable. 
you know? Right. And, and, and by the way, they're not doing the wrong thing by not doing them. They're doing the economically sensible thing. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be a slow process of getting back to normal and real normal where you see the Tiafimo Lopez Lomachenko kind of fight. I mean, I'm I'm completely supportive of Bob's optimism, but I don't see that kind of stuff happening until 2021. How are you handling it with your boxers, Lou? Because I'm sure, you know, I know I'm getting heat from my boxers that, oh, when can we fight? When when can we fight? And I'm just telling telling them that they have to be patient. I got to call one of them tonight, and, and frankly, he's he, he's giving me heat, but he's right because I've I've I've. Not, not called a couple of times in the last few days where I told him I would. Um, for the most part, I'm not getting a lot of heat. I think most guys are realistic. Um, the, the, the heat is, is starting to come back um, now a little bit um, because of the shows that Aaron's doing. You know, there, there's now some shows going on, so people are over, you know, of the impression that, that, uh, that things, are, things are back, but they, they really aren't. And what, I, what I've been trying to do is stay in contact with my fighters and make it clear to them that I don't think it's going to be an easy rest of the year, you know? And particularly because so many of my fighters are emerging stars, rising contenders, uh, prospects, and in the absence of television money to support the event, when you can't do a gate, you can't do a show. So that's yeah. that's the reality. And, and you know what, Marshall? I think the only thing we could do right now is be honest. And if if the guy on the other side is, is, you know, most of my fighters have been pretty realistic and decent about things. And I think they all know that I'm trying very hard to see if I can find anything to help them make a living. But, but there's not much I can do when COVID-19 has the whole industry and the whole country's hands tied. You know, the event business was always going to be the last one back. And, and we are, you know, you know, a combat sport where you have to do medicals through state commissions, etc. It's even harder for us than it is for other sports, you know? Right. So, you know, it's easier in some ways because there are fewer participants, but it's harder because of state regulation. So, um, you know, most of my fighters have been pretty good about it. You know, my advice to any other promoters, just try to, to, to stay in touch actively, reach out to them, let them know, you know, you're aware that they need to move on with their lives but that at the moment our hands are tied. Correct. I know, I guess in the next couple of weeks, maybe Showtime, uh, it may be getting back in business and, may, and Fox is a fight, I guess, with Jamal James. And I think Eddie, maybe in tomorrow, he may be announcing his series at his, uh, at his house, uh, for, for lack of a better uh, thing. Uh, have you been in touch with them? Well, Eddie's, Eddie's mad at me now because I'm having problems delivering uh, Amanda Serrano. To, to Eddie's backyard for a fight on August 22nd. <laughs> but you know what? Like, you know, Jordan Maldonado and I get along. He's the manager, but he's a bit of a madman, but so am I, so I don't necessarily <laughs> hate him. So, so but, but, you know, Jordan, um, you know, right now, here's the situation. In New York, the gyms aren't open yet. So he's sneaking into gyms, but it's just him and the girl. So hitting a bag's not preparing for a fight. So there's no sparring. Right. And then he prepared for May 2nd, and it didn't happen. And he prepared for July when it was rescheduled. And it was, again, didn't happen. So there's no, you know, those two fights were postponed. Now they're talking August 22nd, but cases are spiking again. You got to take a, a, a transcontinental flight 
um, for a lot of hours and walk through airports, etc. You have to be quarantined over there for a while. And then if somebody tests positive, maybe you have no fight. So, you know, Eddie got past the hurdle and I give look, Eddie came in and said, I want, you know, we'll try to get this fight done, but Amanda has to take a pay cut. And I basically said, I, I, I relayed the party line. That's a non-starter. You know, Amanda's not taking a pay cut to go to England and fight Katie in the middle of a pandemic. But Sunday night, Eddie came back up to the money that we had, we had negotiated for the pandemic. So he tried to get the fight done. He made an offer at the full purse. But, you know, I had gone to Amanda's people and said, hey, you know, if you're not willing to take a pay cut, you're going to have to wait till there's crowds again. You're probably looking until the fall, if not even later. So they looked around and they, 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 they worked out something to try to get her onto a reality show on Telemundo that's not, got nothing to do with boxing, right? But that thing was going to film in the next month or two. So right now I'm having a problem delivering her. But on one hand, I'm a promoter and I empathize with Eddie. And I think when he made the move to, to offer the full purse, he made the best faith effort he could do to get the fight done. And I applaud him for that. But it's hard to argue with a fighter that says I'm entering into the biggest fight of my life and the biggest fight in the history of women's boxing. I don't want to do it without sparring. I don't want to do it when the gyms in New York are still closed and we're a couple of phases away from them reopening. I don't want to put the girl on an airplane not knowing if the fight's 100% going to happen. And I also don't want to fight in literally Eddie's backyard <laughs> because the, the matchroom fights are literally like this. It's not a, like... It's not the metaphor of going to someone's hometown and going to their backyard. It's going to the fighters promoters backyard. Now it's not an ordinary backyard. It's a palatial fucking estate that Barry and Eddie Hearn <laughs> have as their as their corporate headquarters. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be probably going to be spectacular, you know, to watch, to look at. However, the points that they're now making, um, I, I understand them. You know, I understand them. Hey, uh, I have to get running, guys. I have Travis getting ready to spar. Uh, you know, we have the Showtime fights. PBC's back uh, July 18th. I'm sure you know that, Lou. Um, so I have some guys that are getting ready to spar, so I have to run in. Is Travis, uh, Travis going to be fighting? Yes, which I can't Good. announce it yet, but I'll fill Good. you in on that Good. Uh, separate call. But, uh, and guys, I actually have, I'm actually looking at my iPad right now, and it's down to 2%. So in case I lose you're, you, you're in great hands though with Andrew and Mark. So hey Lou, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, guys. Again. Yep. All right, bye. Guys, you have me until I disconnect because, it's, but it's not my fault. Because I guess, I guess I'm plugged in right now, but I guess I'm burning more juice than uh, than uh, than's getting put into my iPad right now. So if I uh, if I disappear, it's because I ran out of battery. Andrew, you have a question? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a change of topic and, um, you know, I, I'm a I, we don't know each other personally, but I'm, I'm a physician. So other than being a boxing promoter, I'm obviously interested in, in the health of fighters and, and issues involving brain injury in boxing. And I know that, that you were Patrick Day's, uh, promoter. And that was kind of a really a traumatic experience, I think, for a lot of people because just who Patrick was as a person and he wasn't the typical fighter in a lot of regards. And I just wanted to ask you, you know, how, how have you kind of coped with that and um, what are your thoughts on, on that situation in general? I don't personally feel like that was a 
there was anything preventable as far as that goes. It seemed like a very free I want to jump in here and answer because I'm going to run out of battery very quickly, okay. but I want to answer the question. It's an important question. I haven't, I haven't fully dealt with it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's still bothering me. And it's still bothering me that, um, you know, look, we're, we're in hard times now with COVID, but when people then raise concerns that tie into health and safety, you have to hear them, you know? Um, I agree with you on the situation, Patrick. It was so devastating, particularly because of the kind of human being he was and who he was in the sport and what he represented in New York boxing, really the best of us. And and that's what made it horrible. But But the other part that really troubled me about it is it wasn't a mismatch on paper and it wasn't uh, too soon after a knockout or his last fight. It really wasn't. Um, and it was a fight that he and his and his trainer really, really, really wanted that level of opportunity and felt he had earned it. And I really did that. I gave him that opportunity. I had one slot like to, to, to do that came as part of the Derevinchenko Golovkin deal. And that and, and I elected to give to make that fight because both fighters I promoted and both fighters wanted it. And I actually thought that Patrick was because, it, it, you know, that was the best. That I think Conwell is a sensational prospect, like one of the best in boxing. But that was a night that he really put it together. And and that was the best performance of his career. And frankly, it was a pretty competitive fight until it got into the last couple of rounds. And it was a pretty good fight. And, and I didn't see the 10th round coming. I mean, frankly, he had been knocked down severely a couple of rounds earlier, but he actually came back quite well after the knockdown and had a really good round the round before he got seriously injured. Um but, but you know what? Here's what it doesn't we have We have a sport that, that's governed in many states where they really lack any meaningful athletic commission. And it's barbaric that we, are, we don't have standardized medical across all 50 states. It's barbaric. And the Association of Boxing Commission. I think we may have lost them. That was a long 2%. Oh, man. But then he, he always said, Mar Marshall's on mute. He doesn't know that. He's, he's, he's I'm trying he's, to unmute him right now. Okay. There we go. I'll give you guys a little look here. Uh, see a bunch of people working out. <laughs> yeah, guys getting ready to spar. There's people boxing. I mean, so, uh, I could have just stayed on while I was in the car, but I I didn't realize it was so crowded here in the gym, you know. But um, everything uh, everything went well with Lou. Lou Lou Lou's as good a guest as you can get. Yeah, how about it? <laughs> how about it? You know. I uh, we we lost him unfortunately in the middle of. I I don't understand why something important. I don't know how he couldn't keep his his iPad on plugged in. <laughs> you know, but it all worked out. No, I knew Lou would be a great guest. You know, but it worked out good. Hey, uh, Andrew, Mark, we'll talk later. I'm in the gym now, so uh, I'm gonna just give you guys a little quick uh, look of the of view of the gym here. See if I can turn this around here. So, looks like a lot of people are getting see, their workout on in Houston, huh? You can see. Looks like a nice gym. gym. Yeah. Beautiful. It's amazing. Gym. You got a ring. MMA cage. 
Got the MMA cage. And here you go. Here's something that's even even better for you. I'm going to show you. This is where the guys have to do sprints at. Oh, wow. Look at uh, that hill. Up the hill. You, what's what's what, what's the name of the gym? And they should pay you for for doing a little PR for the gym right now. O Athletic, with a K, at the end. You can see they got like a sand trap for volleyball, and yeah, you know it's amazing. It really is. They have a pool. Looks like a resort. Yeah, I was about to say if they have a pool, if they have a pool in a, in a putting green, I uh, sign me up. Well, that's that's on the other side. They do have a pool. No putting green. No putting green, but we can make one. There you go. <laughs> you know, that, I, I, right, I tell you what, this place just got more just got more publicity in, in 25 seconds than it probably has since it's opened. Yeah. Well, look, you, I'm, on, I'm going to uh, get to work here, and I'll chat with you guys later. Thank All right? you. All right, later. All right, see you. Look at that. You never know what you're going to find when you come on one of these uh, live stream podcasts. <laughs> What a what a show tonight, huh? Yeah, it was a, Marshall driving and freezing. Marshall in the gym, Lou DeBella, Lou DeBella coming on, can't beat it. Gives us some good good information. So uh, I guess uh, we're about twenty minutes away from the first bell. So uh, I know you're going to get your uh, beverage of choice probably. And uh, what's it? What's Andrew Foy's snack when he's watching the fights? You know, I don't eat a lot of food, Mark. No. I got to leave room for other things. There you go. Right, what's your beverage uh, then? Huh? What's your beverage? I've been into the hazy IPAs these days. I don't even know what the heck that is. I know. So I want you to put your nickel down on the Sparrow Nova fight tonight. Uh, I, I, I like Nova a little bit. I'm going to go with Sparrow. All right. How about this? So. Uh, here we go. So now, now we have thousands of people to, to as witnesses. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll bet a pretzel and a soda for the next fight at the twenty three hundred arena. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There we go. All right. There we go. So, so I want everyone who's watching it to, to 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 mark that down. And so, if you win, I might have to go start a GoFundMe page for it. But you know. But yeah, it should be an interesting night of fights. Uh, the other Maloney taking on Baez uh, um, should, should be an interesting fight. I actually just printed out the bow sheet, so cause I'm going to cover the fight on my website. You know, I, I think Baez has a real good chance in that fight as well. I thought Franco was going to win the last fight. That wasn't to me. That wasn't an upset, to be honest. And this would be a disaster because you know the you know the I see the Maloneys. They're on a. They're on social media. They were so excited about their Las Vegas debuts and everything like that. And if they both lose, what a disaster that could turn out to be. So, I mean, one of them already lost his world title, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he acquitted himself well. Though. No, he, he fought well if we fought really tough. But, but, I mean, Franco, uh, 